Oh shit! All right, hold on. Let's redo this right quick. One, two, three. Clap this in. Did Sorry, you? Not, were you not recording? No, I just had it on the wrong line. Do it again. Intro this. Sorry. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Do you remember what you said? That was like seven minutes. You're yeah. good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Intro this again. Uh, so. Damn. Hi, EP. guys. Facebook Live. Don't even trip. This is just some <laughs> formality shit. Stick around, all you three viewers. Go ahead, intro Can you that. Turn my prompt reader back on. Oh, yeah, go ahead, turn that on. Go ahead. Prompt the prompter. Uh, there it is. <laughs> my name is Deek <laughs> and sixty-one it's episode. Yeah, pretty much episode sixty-one. We got a very special guest. He's a dancer and a chef. He's an overall cool dude. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And he doesn't do anything. Chef, b boy, so Matt Flores, bar or any place. Like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I said, continuing on. Go ahead. So uh, you used to rock with uh, right now, bro. I'm hot, fucking hot, hot, as, hot as fuck in here right now. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, bro. This ain't nothing different than your fucking you know restaurant kitchen life. But <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're a b boy. Do you still dabble in the arts? I yeah, I do. Matter of fact, practice last night. Like, Damn. So how does that work? Like you work in a restaurant full time? I'm assuming because there's no such thing as a part time cook. Actually, no. I, uh, oh. I gave up the restaurant work. I'm on the. Uh, oh, you're on personal shit. Other things, yeah. Personal chef. Okay. Uh, chef instructor. Nice. Uh, food stylist and photographer. Oh, nice. Yeah, there you go. Different outlets. It took outlets. Me a while to to get into all that, but uh, it's all good. It always takes a while for everything. Yeah. So you still keep up the b-boying world. You still stay active. Oh yeah. Last battle you did. Uh, last battle I did. Uh, style elements. Oh. Where was that? San Jose, I think. Nice. A ago. It's been yeah. a while. I need to get back on it. You do need Damn, to get back that's on hella it. Hella recent. Yeah, a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, uh, I haven't had a chance to travel too much. It's yeah. too much work, but but not no more. Yeah. That's right. Hey, so Matt brought something. What'd you bring? Oh yeah, you know, I want to see that. I brought some uh, potato <laughs> chips. I figured. Go, go grab it. Go grab that right now. <laughs> Oh, he, this will put Doritos. I know, no, this will put Doritos in a inside fucking of, of a aluminum oh, I, thing. I went to the store and bought some, whatever. What? What are these? Potato like chips. Ten minutes. They're just, uh, oh. just, just potato chips. One of my favorite little snacks. It's quick and easy. I heard. Uh, there you go. Got the text from people. He was like, "Bring something, JK." And I, knew <laughs> I was like, "Nah, I think that they probably be pissed." No, this works right. Right here. Good All right, chip. get this on this potato here you chip. Here Top five foods. Your family had in the in in the pantry at all times. Oh God! Uh, when I was a kid, when you your were top, kid, five, top five favorite, we had oh, this favorite. shit. We had this. Yeah. You had this discussion uh, that that your family just always had on. Didn't you more white label? What? I could probably do least favorite. Why not? You do okay, that? we'll do favorite Does and cake mix count. I don't know. Like just the you cake were just mix, eating like that shit by itself. Uh, if I had time to make the cake. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's a hard one. Like cereal and. Chips and snacks and shit. I don't know. What do you mean? You don't remember your childhood? What kind of snacks? I think that's one of the reasons why I got into cooking is because growing up, my diet was subpar. You know, eating out was like, was, you know, Red Lobster was like the creme de la creme. Well, that's how my shit was. Yeah, you know. I I ain't gonna lie. I went to school in culinary school like uh, 2003. Oh, you went to culinary school. Okay. Yeah, you know, people told me there was a chef here. I just wasn't sure which one. Okay. You the one. Okay. So both of y'all. That's awesome. Yep. That's hard right there. (laughs) Yeah, no, I went a long time ago, but I worked in the industry for like 10 years. You know what I'm saying? 
He works at Sunfish now. I do work at Sunfish. Yeah, Yeah, and you come in and get salmon skins. I I know what's up though. (laughs) You'd be like, yo, y'all got salmon skin? I'm like, yo, dog. How much are you looking for? I don't know, man. It's just a bad event. Probably. Is it asking for salmon skin? You're probably the only person that goes no, in there asking. That was sin. actually I did go in. I remember you calling hella times like, "Yo, man. okay, see, yeah, see, you chill could, out, dog. We have them. Me, so Let me could, know. You could have opened with that. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm over here like blind. Not man. <laughs> I never hey, these chips are kind of good. What flavor Same, is that? Uh, it's just got pepper. a little bit of uh, herbs and spices. Salt and pepper. So you've been cooking Salmon for how long? Skin. I've been cooking for um, well, even before uh, I went to culinary school, I was studying it and trying, you know, dabbling here and there. Um, so I've been cooking for, you know, over 10 years. Nice. I'm not entirely sure how long it's been. For Where'd you work at in town? In town. I uh, used to work for the Grange. Um, I worked recently, not recently, but uh, very, very limited for the, the kitchen over off of uh, Hurley. Mm-hmm. A very nice establishment. Well, Eddie was there. My boy Eddie was there. Shouts too. out. Uh, who's over there? Joshy right now? Uh, you, know, you know, they go through a pretty high turnover. Shouts out Joshy. Was Joshy your uh, Sue? No, it was... Um, Oh god, I forgot his name, but he's uh he's over at uh, Empress right now. He's the head chef at uh, Empress. Mm, no, they've so, been moving people all day. Yeah, they they move people around a lot. Uh-huh. But, uh, so. That's that place where you have to like it's like a you have to make a reservation. You have to stay there for the entire time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like dinner theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go in and you. How many seatings do you guys do over there? Two? Oh no, one one every night, right? One uh, big seating. I, yeah, one big seating every night. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I loved that. And go. Then, um, before that, I used to work in the Bay Area. Where at? A place called Shapenese. Oh, Shapenese. Yeah, place was, that Very place nice. was awesome. I love that. Yeah. That was what kind of laid the foundation for how I like to cook and the type of food I like. Mm. And what is that? And what is that? California cuisine. You know, it's uh, just anything fresh. It doesn't I, have to necessarily be California. All right, so this is about me. I'd be a, I'd be a hater. I'd be hella critical, right? So when you say that, what do you really mean by that? Because it almost seems like every person that cooks or does any type of work in Sacramento says that what is california cuisine explain it to me i think california cuisine is anything that we have local it's pretty much a breakdown it's not a specific technique or a specific uh ingredient that you use that makes it that it's just about using what you have near you i mean that could be said for anywhere so so kind of right on that i'm gonna butcher this up because i heard that momofuku david chang he did a little slight to the west coast was like oh to be a chef in uh in california All you need is a fucking avocado. You slice it up, drizzle some olive oil, throw some arugula on there, or rock it, and then $35, you're a chef. Because the produce here is fucking insane. It's in, in California, like, it makes sense why a restaurant like Mother exists because it has a plethora of vegetables everywhere all year round. Like, we are very abundant in, like, all of our produce. So when I hear California cuisine, it's very confusing because it's like, oh, you know, like it's just seasonal. It's just like local. But I'm like, well, technically, you're as a cook or anybody else, you do want to always do that. And it's funny because when I read that article, I kind of felt him because I was like, that's kind of true. Because on the East Coast, you're like cabbage and apples is like where you're at. Yeah, they don't have that that much. That so you do be- have to do a lot more with a lot less over here. You're like what he said. And it's kind of true because I see restaurants that do, you know, like or I see chefs that do like, oh, here we go. Rocket salad. With like a light pesto, boom! It's like what the fuck? What's a fucking rocket good. salad? It's a arugula salad. Oh. I mean, it sounds good, but like, but, but but see, from any cook and and for anybody that's worked in the industry, or I think any person that's growing up in this generation, it's going to be hard for chefs to really like do that. In my opinion, that's just my view because I hear it all the time. But I'm like, I don't see no type of advancement in california cuisine it's almost for me it's a cop-out for anybody who's not talented that's cooking 
to me because I'm like, well, I have, you know, like we just use the ingredients and we just let them speak. I'm like, well, fuck, where's the identity at? Like, what are you really trying to say with your food here? Like, what are you really saying? Because if it is just ingredients, then an actual chef or a real talented cook isn't really no need for that. If you want to let the ingredients sing on their own, then just do that. What I'm what I'm craving in Sacramento, at least, or what I see it lacks, is like it lacks more diversity in the sense of uh, chefs or cooks or taking their own identity with their food. Everybody does go under the pseudonym of California cuisine, California contemporary, local seasonal, farm to fork, whatever that is. I'm just I'm not saying I'm fed up with it. I'm just curious to know like what really is behind that. Like I'm just like what, yeah. what is the point no? Of I that? agree with you. You know what I'm saying? saying? I I agree. That's um. California cuisine, to me anyway, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it, what it says in the dictionary, but uh, it can mean a lot of different things. Like to me, it's not necessarily, uh, you know, you go to uh, you go to the Grange or you go to you know the kitchen or you yeah. go whatever, and you know everything is local and seasonal and organic. Like I mean, that's going to be everywhere. True. But um, I think there's a lot of uh, like subcategories within California. I mean, you can have uh, California cuisine that's sushi or mm. that's pizza or that's. You know anything really anything that that your imagination goes True. to, um, and what I like to do is I like to I, I travel a lot through you know dancing. I've been to mm-hmm. out, out of the country many many times and out of to other states and whatnot, and I usually like to at least have a couple of forays into eating their local food mm-hmm. and seeing what all other culture, cultures are about, and then kind of translating that back to the food that we have here. Like we may not necessarily have a certain type of fish here, mm-hmm. but. I can prepare the fish that they did with the California fish that we have here, that mm. type of thing. You know what I mean? True. So California cuisine isn't necessarily, to me, mm. uh, some people might use it as a cop-out, but I feel like it's more of uh, more of using what you have local to you instead of, like, I'm not going to go buy a flash frozen fish from Japan and have True. it thrown all the way over here. How do you and, feel about that, though? There's, like, a lot of people that do that. Yeah, there are. And honestly, I, I, don't, I don't find that that bad either. Honestly, I like to import... Um, you know the the little uh, plums from Japan. Mm-hmm. You know those little uh, salted plums. Mm-hmm. Those are great. I love those, yeah. uh, especially with tuna. Those are delicious. Yeah, that's why I think we're at a standstill because you figure it's like, damn, seasonal and local is always great, but it almost seems like it's driving home too much for me. Yeah, it's like too much. It's like I'm tired of hearing farm for it yeah. because well, to be Sacramento honest, Sacramento is there you know, huge on that. I mean, that's why no? It's stamp is but it's logo. too hard to the point where it's like, damn, you're driving it too far. Yeah. where it almost forces the hand of every single restaurant to have to abide by that. Where and like you said, I think I think how your explanation is a little more validated for the sense of you've actually traveled a lot more, especially in, in a regional at least, and probably international for the most part. And I think the way you're describing, like, okay, I learned what their cooking techniques and their produce is, or whatever the, whatever it is that you're gathering from them culturally, and then you take that idea and bring it back and use whatever we have in terms of ingredient locally to you know kind of kind of do that. Yeah. Which I totally get. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying too about you know the avocado, put some uh, some olive oil. I'm just a hater, man. I don't know why, man. I no, I, too, I, I'm hella critical of it because I'm like, from Mexico. I want to see something different. Like, you know what I crave? I crave hella Asian food. Yeah. Partly because if I cook, right? Like, what do you eat on your days off? God, on my days off. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it real. <laughs> Frosted flakes and. Uh, yeah. But why though? Because you know, I, I I'm not it's huge delicious. On working like, you know uh, doubles for like four days straight and then coming home and then just trying to emulate that food. Yeah, trying to make a big meal. Sometimes I do. If I've had like some time off and I'm barely like, though. But yeah. keep it real. What it usually comes down to is comfort food, or you're gonna buy something or eat something that you can't create yourself. That's why I always go to Chinese food or I always go to Asian food because a lot of that shit's hard to emulate. A lot of it's hard to do it technique wise. Yeah. For me, 
And I know there's a lot of ethnic backgrounds. Like, what's your background? I'm half Mexican, half white. Okay. How often do you ever dabble into Mexican food? Pretty often. But do you ever take it to that next extreme? I know there's the comfort level Mexican food, and then there's that nouveau Mexican food that all the, you know, the techniques are starting to be incorporated with that cuisine. Yeah. How do you feel? um, I'm not saying you have to do it just because you are of Mexican descent, but... I mean, that's definitely an outlet for that cuisine. And, you know, instead of having the regular taquerias out here, which I have love for, don't get me wrong, like, shots out La Taqueria. Shots out Super Taco. Shots out fucking Zokes. Shots out Los Jaritos. Los Jaritos. Shots out Mayas. Shots out um, fucking El Nav. Caballo Blanco. Like, there's a lot of these, but you know that they all follow a certain type of uh, cuisine. Mm -hmm. And it's very traditional, which is great. Is there... Uh, somebody in the works or some idea of a, a generational chef that will take those ingredients and incorporate the refined techniques of actual, you know, culinary arts. Because, you know, you worked in kitchens. Yeah. You get it. You know who's work. You know who's actually cooking the food. Yeah. And a lot of them are going to be like some El Salvadorian cats, yeah. some really hard-born Mexican cats. Like, that's a majority of the that's people that cook. Finished. You know what I'm saying? That's really the, the initial language of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Over here, he was working at Zogolos for how long you work at Zogolos? Uh, like almost a year and a half. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he was he's straight, yeah, you're, you know, you're Mexican. Yeah. yeah, he's deep. And that they do numbers over there, you know, and it is yeah. Ryan Rose, you know what it is. But I'm just saying, like, how come there isn't more chefs taking more of that approach where let's be different a little bit? Because we are really close to San Francisco. We are close to um, a lot of good chefs here and around town. Obviously, Shape and E, like, you're like, yo, like, you've been exposed and you've seen uh, the best of the best in that regard. I think for a generational thing, like, how come we just don't? Go to the next level well, with that. I think in a lot of regard, um, the restaurant industry is like, it's super competitive. I mean, getting people, you don't want to try something that's like, that's like too crazy and people aren't going to be with it. You know, you hear about like Nouvelle Cuisine tacos and people are going to be like, what the hell is that? I'm going to go True to that. Chandos. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's hard because you don't want to push people away. Like, thankfully, um, i going to do pop-ups now. So I kind of, I still want to cook for people, but I figured I wanted to do my own menu. I wanted to do my own thing. And when you get a chance to get away from <laughs> restaurants... It's uh, it's easy to see the uh, the level of competitiveness that goes on between the restaurants. You know, like you don't want to do anything that's too far out of the comfort zone of the people you're serving, and you also don't want to uh, you don't want to you know dumb it down too much either. You want it to be good and have everyone enjoy it. But if you do something people don't understand, then they might not you know support you and go out of business. And good point. That's unfortunately the the truth about being a re- it's just a hard industry, you know, so. It's a shitty industry to yeah, fucking try it, to own something. It is difficult. But so. tell me this, let me run a parallel. You're a B-boy. How do you how do you uh what's your style? Uh, yeah. If you had to like classify it even though I know it's uh, fucking yeah. stupid to do that, but like are you more of a power guy, style, both? Like what do you I'm do? I'm more of a style guy sprinkled with See? power. But that's funny though how that works and but it's your choice and you actually that's what you do, right? Yeah. And you're very confident in it. Oh, yeah. So when you do it, it doesn't matter whatever people feel or cheer for. It's just your expression of how you do it and what you do, regardless of what the fan favorite is. Because you know how the normal common person that's watching you know, any type of breakdancing or b-boying is like, I want to see somebody spit on their head. Yeah. I want to see somebody do a windmill or some kind of weird thing that I can't do. But if it's style shit, and this is always a thing for style, even though b-boying now is a lot more uh, balanced. Every, I think every style b-boy or power b-boy, I think that's all one now. I think it's not the times when it was like you have a style guy. You have the one guy who does yeah. players. You have like yeah. Deja Vu, and then you have yeah. Natron come out. You're like, okay, yeah. these are two yeah. separate guys. The one guy does hand hops. The but then now guy. you run the parallel with that with cooking. It's the same thing. I mean, to me, but I get what you're saying where business dictates 
your actual like what you're going to do, which kind of sucks. But yeah. I think where you're at with the pop-ups, Bites on Bites, is that what you're going under for all your pop-ups? Well, actually, I go under Vagabond. That's my, uh, my Vagabond. Name. I have too many titles. Damn, shouts out France. What? Vagabonds. Yeah. I was like, God, please love me and don't, don't hear me using it. Don't even trip, man. This fucking internet. Everybody's done everything a hundred times. That's but true. But then run that parallel to cooking. Doesn't it kind of seem now, I think your choice, which is a really good choice, is to be on your own and do the food you want to do. Because I think that you identified the fact of this is why it's hard for chefs to really express their interest. Mm -hmm. And what they want to do is because they're subjugated to how people dine in cuisine. Because you're like, well, I do have to have that salmon dish on there because you know that's going to sell. i got to have that filet on. I I think uh, even Perigary. I'm sure you all know Perigary's Mm -hmm. um, been around forever. Mm -hmm. They just started breaking away from the old model. I was reading uh, something in the newspaper about how uh, Mm -hmm. if they didn't have uh, salmon, chicken, and steak. Mm -hmm. Nobody was nobody was messing with it. it yeah. was pretty much you had to have those three on the menu. Re- not restaurants were like that. You yeah. know, not even that long ago. It was like if you had to, you know, tuna crudo. What is that? I don't know. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm doing the salmon, yeah. the chicken, or the the steak. What so, is tuna crudo? It's just raw tuna. That's what I was saying for raw tuna. Yeah, raw tuna. Oh, crudo. That's what's weird. But see, this is what's weird about cooking, man. There's a lot of basic shit, right? You know, because they're novices in the food game. Yeah. But they eat a lot of food, a lot of good food. They've been exposed to a lot of good food. But working in the industry, a lot of it is going to be how it's framed. (laughs) They have that. A lot of it's how good, how it's gonna. Yeah, Roger, yeah. yeah. don't yeah. ever put that shit in my. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Matt. Shout out Matt shout Brown. Shout out to Matt Brown. Shout out Matt Brown. Trying to kill my boy. Your pants? <laughs> no, that was fine. Hey, that's Roger. that timer's running, right? That timer's running. Yeah, the numbers are just like oh, ticking. Yeah, All right, cool. Sorry, man. Anywho, but yeah, no, it's funny though because you know how it is in the industry versus. What we actually serve to people, and it's like two different ball games. Like I love it, I miss it kind of, but then the hours are crazy. Like you said, it's yeah, like it's the lifestyle is like insane. You're like no one could really live this and do this. In your mind, what's the trajectory? <laughs> what's the trajectory of Blasting. the culinary world going forward? In your opinion, mm-hmm. does the modern diner change? You know what? Uh, I I think it's gonna have to because uh, we're moving to a point where it's it's not very self sustaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been actually thinking about this a lot. It's a good point. I'm glad you brought it up. Cause, oh, uh, I think about it all the time, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially if you work in a restaurant. Like, how long can you keep up doing this for, you know, 12 bucks an hour, you know, 15 hours a day? Like, if you're working down. as a sous chef or mm-hmm. a chef, I mean, you're putting in 20-hour days. It's ridiculous. You definitely don't get paid enough. Yeah, you definitely don't. Goodbye to family. Goodbye to, uh, to friends, to, mm-hmm. you know, everything. Hello to drinking, getting blacked out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much all you have time for. You have time to, to drink. That's what I'm saying. Take Stress an aspirin out. and then start your shift again. That's what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, I think that, uh, and I don't know exactly know what the answer is, but there's got to be some sort of a balance between uh, how people are living and what they're expected to do for, for, for a living. You know, I mean, if mm. you're working in a restaurant and uh, you're pulling in 14-hour days and you're barely covering your rent, I mean, that, you know, you can't live like that. You can't live and you can't work like that. And, um, you know, recently they were talking about uh, raising the minimum wage of, like, McDonald's employees to, like, 15 bucks an hour. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm for that. I mean, that's cool. But, like, I think that uh, when you talk about food workers, people tend to discount, like, oh, when you go out to a nice restaurant versus when you go out to McDonald's or when you go to someplace who's not a chain, uh, it's a little bit different. You know, I mean, these are people here who are professionals in their industry. Like, you wouldn't pay a doctor 12 bucks an hour. You know what I mean? And you're putting these people are preparing food for you. You're putting it in your body, yet they're making like starvation wages. I mean, it's you know, it's not self-sustaining. 
So. It is weird. Yeah. Oh, it's a really weird world to be in right now. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, all all the people who I've ever cooked with, I love them like brothers. And oh, yeah. That camaraderie is like, like one another. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know how mm-hmm. it is. It's like you're, at the end of the day, it's like you just got to That's why I kind of miss it. Yeah. yeah. It's like battling with your homies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, dude, let's take it out. For, let's, all right, cool. Let's clean up, get them shots in, go have a drink after work, talk shit. You know what I'm saying? See yeah. how many covers we did. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting. So, I mean, it's hopefully, I'm hoping that in some time within the next few years, a lot more people are talking about it now. Um, and I've noticed that places like Magpie, they have a breakdown for uh, for tips for the servers and mm-hmm. for the kitchen. Oh. I'm hoping... That's crazy that tips in, yeah. in the kitchen aren't even a thing still. Yeah, no, I know. Because a lot of restaurants I work that I did get tipped out, um, fortunately. But it's weird that a lot of restaurants don't. Yeah. Um, really? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's whack. Servers. That's why servers make crazy amounts of money. Yeah, more so than the chefs. Yeah. Like, uh, when the server's doing a private dining party. Oh, had, shit. Uh, they get paid out. We had like um, Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. dining one time. Yeah. We had uh, a bunch of other servers. Professor time X. They do a separate party. The server comes home with you know, 500 bucks. Bank, dog. While and you're over there like, fucking back there just cleaning doing and shit. four or five of those a week. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. they, they make some serious money. I mean, they're making some bank. I know working at Chez Panisse, dog. Some of them motherfuckers is lifetime servers. Like, yo, yeah. I own this fucking mansion because I work here. That makes me, I mean, you know, I'm glad someone's making money. It kind of makes me a little bit salty, though, because I'm like, well, I'm paying my student loan tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> True. Like, but see, this is the that? one like, thing. The argument for chefs is always this. It's like, the shit I'm doing is for a lifetime. The shit that servers do is very temporary. Yeah. And the minute you embrace the lifestyle, that's their thing. Because I'm willing to take that drop in pay just so they could deal with that bullshit. Because you know what it's like to deal with fucking people yeah. sometimes, especially yeah. in the restaurant industry. It's like, oh, it's, it's, it's a little job. tough. I'm not, I'm not discounting. Yeah, I feel you. But it's job. like, yeah. damn, why does the wage got to be so crazy? I work with fire knives and I got no health insurance. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Uh, so about this raw chicken. What the? What? Bluefoot chicken. That's what you're looking for. Yep. That, that shit don't sound. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, what are you it's, talking it's, about, it's, man? It's, it's a little bit of step off into the deep end. but uh, You just got to go deep with it, man. They do it. And it wasn't bad. It's a little chewy. It's not like the most blue Bluefoot chicken. Yeah, it does. That, yeah, you should, yeah. You know, I mean, most of the, is that's, on that. that's not what you had, though. <laughs> Deeks did have bluefoot chicken unofficially. <laughs> thing, most of the foodborne owners, we get salmonella or yeah, that, uh, we, had, we got salmonella. Trick, right? <laughs> yeah, trick, and it's not fun. But uh, usually, that comes from um, like bad animal, like the animals are kept in bad conditions. Um, they're not healthy. They're put on hormones, that type of thing. Oh, like, really? Yeah, that's that. When you get sick because the animal was sick, that's pretty much. You're not eating like natural chicken. Yeah, uh, uh, chicken though. Yeah, <laughs> chicken must have been going. Damn, look at that. Deke's putting <laughs> Matt on blast. We got to get Matt on here so he can refute. <laughs> I didn't say. I didn't say nobody's name. I, just... I said it. I said it, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, that's no, real. I, I hey, was... then waffles were hella good though. The babinga waffles, those were fire. All right, but uh, the waffles. Right. Hey, man, we need to stop eating on the mic. You sound like a goddamn cow, dog. <laughs> hey, these chips are hella good, though. Man, I, was like, you know, maybe I know, you part the one wait. thing that's off. No, it's good. This is perfect, man. Yeah, we'll eat it later. Fire. Yeah, they're, they're hella good, I though. I serve those in my pop-ups sometimes. You know, good, man. A little side dish. How often, do you do, how often do you do your pop-ups? Why can yeah. I? I cannot hear myself. Hello? Yeah, I, know. I mean, I can see you registering, but... Yeah, how often do you do uh, your pop-ups? And... Where usually? Um, I, I do them around Sacramento. Sometimes in the Bay Area. Um, he can't tell you, bro. It's yeah. illegal to really do them. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's true. It, it's not. It's, That's why you're telling it's you. Un- it's under the radar. Mm. So I hope no one actually important is listening. Yeah, to this he's yeah. just getting. He don't really do them, but <laughs> he's <laughs> illegal. Well, because I mean, unless you're getting the day permits, but I mean, yeah, you're not really I mean, getting day permits. I mean, Essentially, you're doing this. I'm throwing a private party. I'm taking donations. There's 50 people coming in. I'm taking donations. I'm just cooking for homies. Mm. But yeah, uh, that's the premise. 
Yeah. And honestly, it's more so done for fun. Like, I have to say that's not necessary. It should be. I don't do that. That's not an income right there. It's not a sustainable income. Yeah, it's a passion thing. Yeah, it's just because I like cooking for people. Yeah. So it's like, you know what? I'm it's a good feeling. Tickets, yeah. Have some people come. I, love, I partner with a lot of uh, breweries. and Nice. Um, I'm in the works talking to like you know some some Roost Dollar. I've been with Moraz before. Nice Revolution Wines. Making it happen. Vagabond is what you call all the pop ups. Yep. Vagabond, go get it. Hell yeah, go get that. That's wine. what's up, man. Yep. Respect. That's, that's, uh, what is what is some? He was telling us like at the beginning of the pod about some wild shit that he heard of. What is uh in in culinary in that world uh, that bird fucking? Uh, what is the wildest oh, that, shit you've ever shit? heard? Yeah. I don't know. What like, is it called? Ordolan. Ordolan. Have you heard of that? I have not heard of that. Oh, man. You, you got to talk you about it. You just got to read Anthony Bourdain's fucking book. That's oh, what okay, you need to read. Okay. I must have missed that chapter. No, it's, no, you gotta, it's you, on, I think, Nasty Bits, maybe. This is his old-ass French dish. It's hella funny, though, when he talks about it. He's like, yo, man, I was at this event, and we were eating this dish. And what it is, essentially, is these small birds that are fucking fed acorns or something, and they're like bathed in brandy for how long they poke out the eyes and then whatever it is and that they braise it and whatever cast i don't know what the fuck they do anywho they all eat it but when you eat it you have to cover your head with like a, a napkin so or like a, a tablecloth so god can't see you because it's that like <laughs> thing it's something crazy anywho i don't want to spoil it but no, just that's, yeah, that's find the anthony bourdain ortolan maybe i'll make that in my next pop-up i'm just saying who knows no he's gonna make fucking no, little, little no but let, you know they want to the, know just some of the wildest shit that you know what's out there right now that people are eating you know yeah. well, what's hot right now like what uh salmon sperm is really hot right now salty um, i mean i don't know I haven't, I haven't tried it myself but yeah is that real yeah. Are you fucking around? No, I'm not fucking around. That's salmon sperm. Salmon sperm. Yes. <laughs> You're a fucking liar. You. I am not lying, dog. Tell me you've heard of, you've heard of it though. Uh, you know what? There, there are a lot of wild things out there. <laughs> yeah. but what's something that you've run into in the industry or something oh, that you have to work with? You're kind of like salmon <laughs> sperm. You know what I'm saying? They came. They came at you. Someone fact They came at you with some crazy prep. You know how you get in and you're like, all right, hey, Matt, here's what you're gonna be working on. Here's your fucking prep list. You're like. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> what the fuck is this? What do you want me to do now? Like, what, what's some of the some of the dishes that you've either seen, worked with, ate, or heard about somebody eating that's pretty wild right now in okay, the game? Because okay. you know the culinary world's always changing. There's yeah, always there's something always hot something right something now. New uh, always something's not hot. Um, I don't know so much about what's uh, necessarily trending right now. Like, I don't True. Know about salmon spray. It's all good. But um, definitely the chicken was one that I was like, uh, was out with some some coworkers one time at a yeah. little bar in Berkeley, and yeah. they were serving, and I was like. Oh, about this. this is raw chicken yeah with peanut sauce I, i'm good i don't know but i tried it and it was you know it was okay it wasn't bad i wouldn't it was like eating sushi for the first time kind of because you're like i don't know what the texture is you're thinking raw chicken the entire time yeah exactly. i get it yeah it's slimy and weird and um texture for me but i get it i get where it's coming from yeah i get it well when you know um when I started working with like Ofo, I'm sure that you're yeah, familiar with that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's um, and it's good. Don't get me wrong, I love yeah. it. Yeah, um, makes you gag. Yeah, well, you know when you hard. think about it, like eating eating a, a cow's brain, beef heart. Or, I remember in China we was eating inside of the lung, whatever the inside of the lung is of a cow. That's yeah. what we were eating. I ain't gonna lie, I ate. I was like, yo, this is good, and then. <laughs> <laughs> If you, oh, you know, good. <laughs> they just swallow everything. Is and I remember someone told me. I didn't remember who told me this a long time ago, but um, pretty much everything that you eat, if you really think about it for a long time, yeah. it's like, why am I eating this? This is so weird, dude. That's true. Eggs. Think about what an egg is. <laughs> egg is fucking crazy. You eat eggs, all, all and if you're Filipino, for all you Filipino cats out there, Vietnamese, uh, hot vinlan, or 
Balut is what you call it in uh, Filipino, but I still never even tried that. Try that shit, man. I never had the courage to try the balut. Uh, it's I like can't. oh, it's like a steamed fucking. I can't do it. It's like a half egg. Every yeah, day. bro. Like it's like a hard-boiled egg. egg with some juice stock, yeah. and then it's I like mean, a yeah, steamed. It's not, even, it's not that bad. I think you could see the chicken in the inside or whatever. Yeah, see yeah. the dark you are. It's just like normal life. Yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> just put some hot sauce on it, a little bit of salt. You're good. Uh, yeah. I just figure you know you just close your eyes and. That's what I'm saying. Like the 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 bird part itself, like. If you don't look at it, you can just eat it. it just t- it just like texture wise, it just tastes like or feels like just like, like cartilage. Bird. No, like cart like soft bone, like the ends of the chi- like drumstick and shit. <laughs> That's all it feels like. Chinese You're Chinese, bro. What are you talking about, dog? Uh, chicken feet are fucking crazy to eat. I don't even like. Yeah, I don't even like. How many bones are in chicken feet? A million. Oh, yeah, for real. What are you really eating? Kind of skin, maybe. <laughs> That's what you're eating when you're eating chicken feet. Really? No. I tried it once. It was just, yeah. It was too much work, man, for me. Bones and skin yeah, and shit. That's what you eat when you don't have any money. Shit. Or you're hella high and fucking eating dim sum. <laughs> that's what yeah. it is. You know what I'm saying? Dim sum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, fine. That is crazy, all these foods. Well, I mean, it's just... But you look at it culturally all the way. Like, let's like let's, let's take Mexican food, for instance. Like, what does Mexican people have that that's fucking crazy? Like, what's that... Uh, what's that... Horchata? Lingui? No, that fucking... The... That mushroom thing or that uh, that mold, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know about the mold. I don't want to say elote. That's that's wrong. It's that fucking kichuacatua. Oh, fuck, I don't even know the fucking name. But basically, it's like almost like a mushroom fungus type of thing. It's fucking good though. It's really fucking good. Most people eat it. It's fucking. It's amazing. like a mushroom mold. Yeah, it's like this moldy. I want to say moldy. It's very similar to like. Fuck, I don't even know the fucking name. Fucking this up already. I don't Mushroom remember. Mold, huh? But there's just different shit. Well, you know mean, what I'm the saying? The famous one is menudo. I mean, yeah, menudo is fucking wild to eat. I hate eating menudo. People are like, yo, I'm about this. I'm yeah, like, nope. Eating tripe, awful. Something about eating that shit. Sometimes motherfuckers don't clean that shit all the way something through. Something about eating something that literally held shit. <laughs> I like pasole. Pasole is cool, but see, pasole, you don't have to deal with that. Yeah, you don't have to deal with the fucking the the intestine part. I've never had pasole. Zocalo's what? Is fire. Yeah, yeah that shit makes your lips fucking red as fuck, though. I ain't gonna lie, that shit make your lips red. Shouts out Ryan Rose. You already know what it is, homie. Oscar Castaneda. You know what it is, Eric. Flaccid. A lot of different cultures. We have some weird food. Yeah, I want to say weird. Let's just say it's like different. That's all. I don't want to say it, well, weird. Well, yeah, maybe weird is a little bit of an insensitive. Yeah, word. it's fucking insensitive, man. Yeah, You've I'm been around. Like, where, where have you? What's the wildest shit you've ever eaten? Oh God. Besides the blue chicken. Man, that's a tough one. Uh, Come on, dog. I know you got one of those that, motherfuckers. Dude, that's up a rough here. one. I mean, I you know the I, one where you were like, oh fuck, man, for real. Do I, I really do? Eat do that? I really have to eat it? Yeah, that shit. Fuck. All right. Uh, I'll try it. Well, it wasn't that bad, actually. I had crickets the other day. I mean, that was my first time having crickets. It doesn't sound like it's anything that wild, I guess. People eat... No, crickets. you're eating bugs, dog. That's kind of wild. <laughs> you waited in America? Cricket chips, yeah. <laughs> I had a Shit. friend who works for a company who... They do cricket chips. And so she asked if I wanted to try some. And I was like, no. And then she was like, here, try some. And I was like, all right. How was it? Actually, it wasn't that bad. You know what it tastes like? The tastes, legs. They taste like bugles. You know, oh, the, the I bugles. love bugles. Bugles are good. Hey, go get some crickets there, bro. Hey, uh, for real. Go catch them. I was kind of tripped out by it, actually. They taste like bugles. Like, it? when you say cricket original, chips, original. is it like ground-up cricket and then made into a chip no, like that? No, they're just dried-up crickets that yeah. are seasoned like bugles. Yeah. 
That's yeah. weird. Just they're not going to grind them up and turn them into something although else. Although they do have cricket flour, too, though. What? Oh, fuck. Yeah, they, you know, dry them, grind them. But it's smart, though. You got to think that's a very good source of protein. At I was very just going to say, aren't, aren't insects yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Snails are a really good source of protein, also. <laughs> I, like had, escargot. I, used, I had escargot before. The shit's good. When I was, if when it's I was not overcooked, it's good. That's my opinion. My grandma used to make that, that shit. Yeah, I don't think it's weird either. Yeah. If you look at the whole dynamic of why it's important to a cuisine or why it's important to a culture, you're like, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. Seriously, if you could get sources of protein for super cheap, you fucking do it. That's why eggs yeah. are such a big deal in America or in France. Like it's like, yo, eggs are readily available and they're high in protein. Yeah. So, just some places are like, yo, we got mad crickets. I'm like, yeah. You uh, some cricket I, bugles. I seen, a, <laughs> I seen a video last month of these Japanese students. Um, and they cracked an egg. So what they did was they see that. You seen it? I did see that. Where they cracked an egg into like a like saran wrap, and then they covered it, and then they put it in an incubator. I saw that one. Yeah. And then you could see like the fetus. Yeah, they grew the chicken. It was fucking tight. Like you could you could see it. I was like, that's fucking. Is that tight though? Let's think about this. Because think about this. Okay, here's 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 the interesting that's gonna happen. I think in the near future is, how about this? If you could create your own protein at home, would you do it? Just like that, just like what you saw it. Uh, probably not. Why not? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> See, that's what's weird because, the, and, and I'm not saying that was a food for consumption study. Yeah. But let's just say this, because you know how like people start to grow their own farms now at home. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Like, oh, you can. Okay. Lettuce, little herbs, yeah. my little tomatoes. Perfect. That's that's great. Okay. The next step is now to actually have in-house like protein. That'd be kind of crazy. I mean, KFC did it, but no one really gave them the <laughs> credit. They gave them some flack for that one. Yeah, but see, that's what I'm saying. But you got to think of where we're going with this. It's like, how do you not want that? If you could not have to go to the store and have I'd fucking a live chicken. I'd want a couple chickens. No, but I'm talking about like, here's an egg. You're gonna grow this shit yourself. Oh, oh, oh. Not like, oh, I'm going to buy some chickens and I'm going to grow them and then eat them. Like, no, here's the egg. Like, do that. Or here's a couple of things that could make this for you. Oh, I don't know. That's kind of weird. How's that weird? That's not weird. I think it's just a No, we came from a generation of eating microwave foods. How's that weird? I think that would be dope, though. I think that would be cool. But see, that's what's weird because that reaction is very familiar with a lot of people. Like when it's like, oh, well, I, don't, I don't know if I'd like eat something I'd have to grow myself. Like I would just get I, I would. with chemicals and shit like that. Like, but wait, why would why you not? chemicals? Yeah, well, the part that well, I what if somebody was, came up? Yeah, was, uh, so there was Japanese students that grew this chicken out of an egg, right? Yeah, um, and they must have been in college or high school. Yeah, or something, yeah like something like yeah. that. They were in like crazy uh, uniforms and shit. Yeah. I was in college and I took chemistry. They didn't even let me have the Bunsen burner. No, I didn't do let shit. Let alone grow a, a chicken. That's what I'm saying. Like, what are we doing here with education? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We ain't doing. Topic, we're not innovating nothing. No, we're gonna get I don't to that think shit. I'm growing any oh, we'll get to education. Well, I'm just saying though, it's a funny thing because where everybody's fine with growing vegetables at home, but know this: the vegetables you're growing are gonna be already be already genetically modified. Yep. Those are already modified. Yeah. That's why the argument's very interesting when it's like I only eat, you know, like uh, I want source things locally, which is really good, obviously, because you're like it's abundant. But think about the places that don't have access to a lot of these things. They have to be more resourceful to what's conducive to the area, and some places are limited. You're like, I'm only eating fucking potatoes and herring. Like, fuck. Luckily, we live in California. We're like, vegetables for days. We Give got me fucking everything. Everything for days. Yeah, we we're, take it for granted. We're hella lucky. Yeah. Um, 
That's what I'm saying. But I'm surprised people would be like, well, I wouldn't grow my own. Like if I just gave you a kit, like add all these things together, you could have basically like. A, well, I like a doing shit like that. So I think I probably would. See, how come you wouldn't do a Deeks? Because I'd, I'd get a real chicken. What's what's the difference between real and fake? I don't know, man. That's because if I showed you a real banana, you know, how big a real banana, but it's like not, this big. It's not. It's not. It's not that it's fake. It's just if you gave me things to mix to make a. Chicken, well, if I gave you, if I gave you, an, if I gave you an egg, and just said hatch it. Okay, that's real. Yeah, that's a real egg. Yeah, I would do that. see. Here's what's interesting is like we're starting to get into that point where it's like what's real, what's fake. Because think about all the things that were ever produced, produced and processed. Like look at some of the things you eat and look at the label. You're like, I can't identify none of that shit on there. Yeah. So you're gonna tell me like. Yeah, it's weird to have fake shit. Meanwhile, you're able to eat the shit that has <laughs> words that you're like, I don't even fucking understand what this is. Well, if you look at uh, a lot of the trends in restaurants, you know, you talk about the uh, modernist cuisine. That's what I'm saying. Like a gastronomy, same shit. They're using the same chemicals. That same shit. To dehydrate things. Same to... shit. So that's why it begs in a question. Is it really that bad for you? See, this is where the studies and everything starts to come out. Like, it, you know, David Chang came out straight up. was like, MSG ain't bad for you. We have it naturally in fucking mushrooms. We have it naturally in scallops. Like, how are you going to tell me MSG is bad for you? So there's this weird fucking narrative about food that's very misconceived. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's the argument with, like, wild versus farm, like, you know, uh, uh, free-range cattle, free-range this. It's like, okay, look, if we want to make the narrative that great, but are people willing to pay the prices in order to get these things done the way they want to get done? And a lot of people aren't. If anybody's ever going to take a shortcut with anything in their budget, it's always going to be food first, which is the weirdest thing is because that's the one thing that everybody puts in their body. Yep, that's true. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to heal something, a lot of it's going to come through the shit you take inside, yet we're willing to take that first cut of our budget in the food area more than anything else. Yeah. I need gas. Where, uh, they don't, and where nobody. The price of your food comes but from. see, and nobody actually wants to take the time to learn that. Yeah. And I think that's why there's an argument to be made for both farmers and people that grow wild stock and want to keep it a certain way and very sustainable. And then there's also the people that are pushing everything forward, where it's like we need to never eat anything that's wild, and we should be able to farm everything because the demand is so high. Where if you're about the preservation of wildlife, doesn't it make sense not to eat it? But yet everybody's priding themselves on like, oh, I need to eat the wild stuff first only. It's like that's not how it works. That's dumb. Because huh. then if you want to preserve wildlife, why the fuck are we eating wildlife? Huh. So far to the point where we overprice it. Oh, like yeah. you can tell the difference between wild meat, wild game meat versus this meat. It's like like venison. Venison's expensive. Venison's right? expensive as fuck. New Zealand lamb, like, like yo, yeah, well, that's mad expensive. So then that's why this conversation about food is so much deeper is because nobody wants to grasp it. Everybody just wants to go on whatever's, you know, the next thing and whatever I'm seeing on my feed or whatever. Like the thing that's annoying to me and I'm I'm just a fucking hater like this is those overhead people that like, oh, chicken, oh, flour, oh, salt, <laughs> boom, ding. Like, oh, that's fucking garbage right there because you know what it is. You cook a lot. You're like there's something about when you're cooking and you get fuck, you get fucking lost. Like, you're just like, oh, you're just going with the flow. You know, you maybe have a drink flowing. You're just going off the cuff. You're seeing ingredients. You're seeing everything in the matrix, and you're trying to create a dish based on what you're feeling. You're tasting it. By the end of it, and you can attest to this, or most people that cook, you're like, oh, shit, I don't even want to eat after I cook. Just because the experience of actually making the food was I'm really hell, a thing. I'm, yeah, I'm hell like you that. You know what I'm saying? It's always like that. And it's interesting like that because I'm like, okay, there's something to be set for that. So when everything's kind of shortcut in that way, and I think it's good because people are learning how to cook, but it's also a weird thing because it's like, here, but this. When I see those videos, I'm like, man. I mean, I get it why people are like, yeah, I could make all these things. I'm like, you're not going to make that shit. That's like how 
cookbooks that were out there like the 15 minute chef or three cooking ingredients like oh it's just that fad because people are going to buy this ingredient make it one time and never make it again three years later they're going to find all these ingredients in their cupboard they're like what the fuck do I still have this shit for <laughs> yeah, me from 2002 that's what I'm saying I, be, I have that shit exactly <laughs> I got that shit so I mean I, I like I, I said like I'm going on a rant it's just no, shit I think about sometimes I think you know a lot of people um, the conversation so, needs so to get deep fascinated about yeah. what happens behind, when you're like cooking in a restaurant on the line yeah people can see what you're doing yeah. people come up and they ask you questions oh and of they course get so excited about oh how did you make that what's this and it's like <laughs> More often than not, I mean, it's more simple than you think it is. It is. But, um, yeah, you know, I think... But people don't know. At home. But it's people like, don't know that fucking you're in there five, six hours before actual service yeah. time. Because, see, people don't see that prep time. That's the funnest time. Yeah, Bump that music. Yep. You're fucking in your zone prepping. You're ass grabbing. You're talking shit. And you're prepping, essentially, these dishes that are able to be executed uh, to pretty much a la carte or, you know, a la minute. As they come in, and that's a really hard task to do consistently. You're doing 300 covers. You want this dish to be the same every 300 times. That's fucking madness. That it's kind of crazy. And how much you get paid? Fucking beans and <laughs> fucking tortillas. Yeah. <laughs> shots. No you offense, but shots. I'm just saying. Yeah. And that's why a lot of uh, chefs feel you know disenfranchised and True. like you know. True. Take this for granted and. True. You know, I mean, sometimes you don't even have time to think about it, really, because if you're working, you know, a seven-day work week, you don't have time to think about Sure, I would never take back my experience. I know that. That shit yeah. was fun as fuck. Oh, it, it just was, sure. When you look at it, it is kind of weird. But do you want to get paid more? Yes and no. I mean, it was kind of glorified. But when you look at food, and it, it shouldn't be that big of a deal not to have nutrition, not to have food. That's why I'm kind of like the conversation is so deep in so many different levels, and it sucks that um, at the moment – where consumers are and where chefs are or cooks or people that are in the industry, it's still a very big gap and a very big margin. We're still trying to pull covers and smoke in front of people, like using these tricks and, you know, like, oh, farnaforic, man, or like organic and free. People still don't know what that shit means. Yeah. It's just it, the branding's becoming a lot better. I just seen on in the news, didn't the whole farnaforic thing just, just get some backlash about some shit? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, none of this is know. even new. I mean, um, yeah. slow, the slow food movement started like a long time years ago. And years and I mean, years go to Portland. You're like, did Portland people live years like ago, that? Yeah, people were talking about this. Yeah, and actually, slow food was a lot of people don't know, but it was. Um, what is slow food? First of all, well, slow food is basically the idea of farm to fork. It's like the idea of eating. Um, Local, well, the slow food movement was um, developed in Italy, actually, of all places, because they were going to move a McDonald's into this famous farmer's market that they had in Italy. And um, instead of having fast food, they wanted slow food. So it was kind of to combat the whole fast food movement. Mm, you know, everything's mm -hmm. quick, you know, microwavable or yeah. go through the drive through They wanted their food to be slow instead of fast because, mm. you know, that's where the love comes into it. You can't, you know, you get no love at McDonald's. But you can, though. See, now the narrative's changing again. See, this is what I think is cool about food is because it's forever changing. Like, have you heard of... Uh, I want to say Daniel Patterson. I could be fucking up the name, but like Roy Choi and fucking uh, what's his face? Noma Chef. I forgot his name. Oh yeah. But they're working on that. Working one. on a concept, or they already have it launched, where it's called Local, and it's just fast food. But it's sourced. Basically, Roy Choi and his whole team was able to find how these fast food restaurants get their pricing for their food, and he was able to source from farmers and broker deals, and he's able to create a menu with his most expensive menu item being maybe 6 $7, 
and he puts these restaurants in communities that are disenfranchised or not able to get good food. And essentially, the people in the I community work there. That, yeah. yeah, look you know it up, man. I, I think that's. Um, I think that's, that should be the future. That's exciting, actually. That is, Hell yeah! That's exciting that we're moving towards that because it changes the dynamic of what chefs can do. Because it's yeah. no longer like white coat, white linen. That shit's done, though. Like fine dining is cool, and I think there's a niche market for it. And yes, there's going to always be that that page of culinary arts that is dedicated to that. But on the same side. We have all these other outlets where fast food, if that's an outlet, like I would love to fucking partake in that because I've consumed so much fast food in my life. There's a way to do sustainable, good, healthy eats that way also. And it's cool to see chefs take that approach, just like anything else, though, too. Slow movement, fast food. I think that as food goes on, discussion goes on, it becomes more vast because I think people start to understand what they are into and what they like. Yeah. Like, for instance, like Deeks, what do you, if you had to describe yourself and put yourself in a box in terms of how you dine or consume food, what do you do? Uh, I don't eat out a lot. Okay. I try not to. What do you eat at home? What do you usually eat on a regular basis? Fish. Okay, but then on top of that, though, heavy dose of? Would you fish. consider yourself like a pescatarian or more like a vegetarian with be, fish? I like to be. I like to do that. Mm-hmm. But don't get me wrong, I'll eat a squeeze with cheese. Yeah, <laughs> but see, that's interesting because, like, for instance, like, what do you usually eat? Out a <laughs> lot. Yeah, you eat out a lot. Yeah, you never have time to eat at home. Well, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. But. We'll, I just. I don't know. I can't. I can't. Boom! I think I start crying. But, uh, this one time, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just don't. I, I can't find the time to cook because I'm always doing something it with happens. the kids. I get it. Yeah. It happens. So we're always. I've been eating a lot. Ordering of out and like mm-hmm. no red meat. I've been trying to cut red meat, but mm-hmm. I ate a lot of white meat too. <laughs> <laughs> from the back, for all you don't know, he eats it from the backside, <laughs> like a savage. No, but it's funny, though, because people start to dine a lot differently now. You start to hear a lot of different, not even necessary diets, just people, how they dine and how they eat and their eating experience are becoming more vast, which I think is cool because if you're a culinarian or if you're a chef or aspiring cook or whatever it is, there's a lot of different outlets now. Like, think about this. Like, 20 years ago, would a pop-up or being a private chef, would that even be in the realm? That was going to be my next point because I was, Mm -hmm. you know, 30, 40 years ago, we didn't have all the social media and technology and all this stuff. I mean, it was way harder. The opportunities. Exactly. And yeah. now we have the technology. The, yeah. um, and that's one of the things, you know, when you're in culinary school, and I'm sure that they uh, they gave you, you know, you have the history on, like, the brigade system and all that. And uh, it's like, it's not really like that now. I mean, that was, you know, 300 years, years ago. ago. You know, we're not, you know, we don't live in castles. That's why I hope that more Speak cooks. Speak for yourself. That's what I'm saying. I hope more cooks and chefs <laughs> are able to kind of take that identity. I think I, I commend you on the fact that you kind of, deviated away from the norm where it's like I'm gonna be a sous here and a sous chef here like no I'm just gonna do my own thing I'm gonna find my little market and I'm gonna do me and however that works out it works out I think that's what I think is the coolest part about anybody who's a cook now or even the cooks I fuck with most more or less they're more human being outside of it as opposed to all I do is work and I drink all the time and I'm fucking upset like no 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 I kind of do these cheeky things now, but I'm also, I do, I have other things. I have other interests. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, we've had Sean on the pod and Sean's an old friend of mine and we used to work together at 58 Degrees a long time ago. He's really big in the music scene, but he also is a private chef on the side and he's like, you know, pretty legitimate. He's built himself up to kind of have that rapport and have that clientele. Um, 
and I, I think it's cool to see options and it's cool that you come in and you have your whole branding thing now it's like that's the kind for me that's what i see the future of dining is you get to pretty much pick and choose like whatever it is i if i want to go out to eat i'll go out to eat i'll eat you know like nice fast food or i'll eat nice regular food or i'll cook at home because i had good have a million recipes or I'll go to this pop-up at the end of the month with the homies or I'll go to the farmer's market and they have, you know, or the food trucks at the soccer game. It's like, shit, there's like so many different outlets. It behooves me that there's not enough people taking a more bolder approach to trying to do their own food because strip yourself away from like the restaurant life. If you're doing a pop-up thing, you're more inclined to want to do the food you want to do now. You know what I'm saying? I think the hard part is, um, you know, we're so... People don't really do, you know, if you you have a nine to five, like if you're, people don't have as much of an entrepreneurial spirit, especially, I mean, it takes, you know, a special person to get out there and be like, you know what, I'm not going to get a paycheck for the next six months and True. I'm going to uh, start building a business and, yeah, and I'm cool with that pop-ups and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it, you know, it, it's hard to, uh, to start. It's hard to have a place to start. They don't have like you know, classes. They don't have job applications for being a pop-up chef or a private, you know, nope. a private chef. But they do have the internet there. though. They do, and that's one of the things that you know people uh, people <laughs> so are starting to take advantage. And, and you know, you're you can build a web page and you can cook. Great, true, that's awesome. Then you have a career. Right but there. I think that's what makes shit interesting now with the age of the internet, um, just because everything does become possible for some odd yeah. reason. You know what I'm saying? It's not like how it was back in the days where you're like, nope, this you got to work forty years and then maybe you have the idea of maybe opening a restaurant. Exactly. It's like now you got motherfuckers like. I ate this one dish and I opened up a restaurant next week. Like, yeah, I made a table and I started. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's beautiful because it's like it makes you happy. It does. It's and now all of a sudden you're making tables for fucking hella people. So I'm like, okay, yeah. What the fuck does that it's mean? Kinda, it's, it's scary though because you know if you uh, if you jump a little bit too far and you're not ready to have your own establishment, true. It's it's a. Uh, it's scary but it's life yeah it is shit some people get that what people get out of those experiences are fucking life changing like a lot of Gems. people think like oh you know what I'm a great home cook right? you know I, yeah everybody I thinks that home for all my friends and family and they love it I'm gonna open up a restaurant <laughs> and then they get true. there and then but you know who else does that fucking them. chefs that think they fucking got it all and That's they know true. what the fuck they're doing yeah. they open a restaurant and don't understand the true business of how to run a restaurant and then they fail miserably yeah and it's crazy because it is really a toss-up. Like, you don't know. Like, nobody fucking knows. And this is not even just food. This is, like, everything in general. Like, anything you fucking do, anything you want to do in life almost seems like it's damn near impossible. Because you, in everybody's mind, personally, will come up with every single reason why the shit won't work. Yeah. And it's almost so far to the point where it allows you to not even want to try it. Yeah. And that's our fucking, that's most people's problems. I think that was the hardest hump for me to overcome. But once you do it, you're like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's going to tell you why it's going to fail. Of course. All of a sudden, you know, things start happening. That's why you can't believe the hype. And all you really need, essentially, is like, how many people you, what's the most you ever fed at like a private diner? Uh, Or private dining? 70. 70. Yeah. 70 people is not a lot. Yeah, and that's all you need. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then once you get the media part of it, where if you have a million people take pictures, it looks way more bigger and crazier than what it maybe seems to people. And I think that's where it's interesting because it, especially in the food world, man, like I, I think about that shit all the time because I'm like, it changed dramatically since I first understood it. Well, you see a lot of restaurants at Sunfish. So I do. I, mean, I, I do. I deal with quite a bit of them. 
Oh yeah, sure, we yeah, we do so. we service a lot of people over there, uh, and it's cool to see. It's cool to see the diversity. It's cool to see the type of people, the amount of people. But on the flip side, it's also cool to see diners and and the new generation of people learning how to cook. Like I hope at some point everybody understands cooking because I think what that does, it has to force the chefs and the cooks out there to step their game up to the next level. Yeah, because it's kind of hard to sell the food you make to somebody who possibly can do it based on shit they just see on the internet. And that's not a problem. It's like, you know, I'm assuming what B-boys are like internet B-boys versus real true B-boys. There's no such thing no more. Cause somebody yeah. could really watch a million videos, pick up the style, learn it, evolve from that. And that's their base. There's no knock on that. They just happen to have the information at their fingertips. It's not like how it was back then where oh, I'm trying to catch that one video that's being passed around. That's amazing because back then it was not that long ago. I mean, yeah, remember, it really wasn't. You know, when we were Battle of the Year 98, 99, Boom. Uh, Summit. Um, B-Boy Summit fucking 2001, B-Boy Summit 98. I was just watching the other day. Yeah, per year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then, that's all you got. Yeah. You but that's what made those events even crazier when you actually saw somebody where you're like, oh, shit, that's fucking Ronnie from Full Force and shit. Yeah. Like, what? Like, he, he's Amar. real. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's really short. Like, yeah. why are all B-Boys hella short? <laughs> Tell me that. Why are all B-Boys hella short? Like, extremely short. I, you know, honestly, I, I've been wondering that myself. I think it's something about when you stand on your head, it just... It shrinks you. <laughs> it just stunts your growth. You know? <laughs> Who are you most surprised to meet from a B-Boy standpoint? Like, and you were not necessarily starstruck, but you were just more surprised whether it was just something hella random. Like, we just caught you off guard. You're like, whoa, this is crazy. Oh, man. Well, um... I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of dope b-boys, mm-hmm. uh, and I probably have to say my top would be um, Ken Swift and Storm. Ooh. Those are the oh ones. yeah, Ooh. what was Fuck that like? Yeah. The two um, probably the dopest b-boys, yeah. the dopest mentality. Although I also have met Track Two, mm-hmm. um, uh, K One. Damn, uh, a lot of old school heads. Yeah, I got the chance to meet a Mr. Wiggles. Um, yeah. Wicked is super dope. Yeah, California. Uh, yeah, Wicked Renegades. Yeah, Shots. I got a chance to meet. Um, and I'm super. I'm actually pretty cool with uh, Rocks Right. Nice. And, you know, Dude, they've been Wright. doing it forever. Rocks Right has oh, has just always been so fluid to me. Always. It's funny though. Back then, it just was at a slower pace. Yeah. Like, I remember his sets were, like, the longest. I was like, yeah. damn, I'm about to go to the bathroom right quick and come back <laughs> yeah. and then be yeah, like, yeah, he album. just finished. Like, oh, shit. But yeah. now it's, like, it's it's crazy to see his style so refined. and it's, so it's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's, like, it's like Ronnie. Yeah, same Ronnie thing. Ronnie is so fluid. Yeah. He's so fluid. And he doesn't do a lot of new stuff. Nah, he just it's has just refined his old of, shit. Yeah. His old shit. That's all you can't hate. But it's weird good. because the internet's weird like that because if you see somebody set so many times... Like, I know Morris probably gets a lot of that and, like, Ronnie, because a lot of guys that have been very active for a long time, yeah. and then especially in the, the public eye, you almost get into that point where it's like, oh, hell, I've seen him do that. All right. Yeah. It's like, that's so crazy. Like, they expect it's new so shit hard all to the time. do that shit. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's like, that's, see, and I don't know how to combat that as a, as a B boy in the new century, is because, and kind of what I think Bush said or what Morris said was like, oh, it's just a totally different game now. Like, yeah. everybody's more for individuality, mm-hmm. and there's not so many groups, per se. Like, I remember watching, yesterday I was just watching uh, fucking, what was I watching? I was watching Ground Zero versus Rhythm Bugs. Oh, I remember that. And I was like, fuck, this is an insane battle because the groups were really about their groups. Yeah. And not to say it's not like that now. There's definitely groups, but it seems more a difference between, like, the NBA in the 90s and the 80s versus the NBA now. Yeah. It's like, motherfuckers, it's like, I ain't got no loyalty to the team, baby. I'm trying to get paid, and there's respect for that. You got LeBron and his team. You get what I'm saying? 
but back then it was like the Lakers, like, yo, I'm signed here for 25 years. <laughs> like, yeah. AC Green was on that squad forever. Magic Johnson. Like, it's so weird. And it, that's how I see B-Boy now. It's like um, when they, when I want to say Bush or, or Moore said it, it was like, yeah, it's a little more different. It seems like everybody's more in tune for what they need to get done personally. And it's not a bad thing. It's just it's the dynamic of B-Boy world at the moment. There's not really super team battles. It's not like a freestyle session no more. I mean, there probably is, but it's not as the shit as it was back then. Well, there's, you know, there's a lot more, uh, there's a lot of money being poured into it now. True. You know, uh, coming up pretty mm-hmm. soon is going to be a jam in Philly. I think the prize is like uh, $100,000. Or Fuck. For winning? Yeah. So, Fuck. Uh, and then now they have like, uh, like UDEF and um, yeah, yeah. So Silverback, yeah, silver which is back. cool. It's more variety. So the B-Boy, the current B-Boy yeah. actually sees that as a viable option. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot easier to pursue a career as a dancer. Yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. Some of these jams, you get paid. If, as long as you make it to the top 16, you get 100 uh, bucks. Some of your favorite B-Boys bucks. growing up, watching, inspiration, admired, who? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, Just like three, since you probably have like a million. Okay. Uh, yeah, that would be, that's a hard one. But uh, I used to really like watching uh, Dizzy mm-hmm. from Supernatural's crew. He was one of my favorites. Um, Ken Swift was also one of my mm-hmm. favorites. Uh, let me see who else I really like. Uh, I really like watching Wicked. Yeah, that was a dude, Renegades. Back then, yeah. he was way ahead of the time. Oh yeah, yeah. I ain't gonna lie, he I had know, musicality and he had power. Too, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, Ken Swift was way ahead. Like, yeah, because back then it was either you designated as one or the other. Yeah. yeah, true. Everyone had a Mondo in their crew. <laughs> Damn, dog. Who? Yeah. Well, you were in Orbit Documents, weren't you? Yeah. Who was Who was Orbit Documents? His powerhead. God, uh, we had a guy named uh, Alan. Um, yeah, 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 our, yeah, yeah. Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were the they were the power guys. Um, it was kind of weird because actually, uh, Mondo was he had head spins, windmills, halo, elbow air flares. Elbow air flares. Yeah. I mean, he had a very you know it was a very structured set list of moves. Yeah. Um, but that's but it. He had a lot of. Uh, <laughs> he was sort of the power guy. Yeah. Uh, like Jesse was like the style guy. He had kind of style power. Yeah. Uh, um, Q was the uh, he kind of had like more of like a flavor, mm-hmm. like a style, do some freezes and stuff like that. You had a uh, defuse. Yeah, he was, he like, was uh, like some like really creative stuff. Was, the funny thing is about about Andre was if you look at footage of him before he turned super punk rock, like he was very foundational. Like you watch the way he danced and you watch the movements, and I could see where he was. Uh, he he took foundation. Very, very seriously in comparison to what was happening at that time. Because at that time, it was like that freak freak show style was starting to come. Freak show? Down, you know, up north. Bang, rank. And and, and all that stuff. And everyone just had just different styles. But he was very, before he turned super punk rock and tried to go freak show, but his big ass wasn't flexible. Uh, he was very talk about Dre Garcia. Yeah, <laughs> shout out Dre Garcia with that oh, tattoo life, yo. Yeah, killing the yeah. game. Ryan, yeah, Ryan. He's a he was always he was kind of like a, a kid David before kid. Yeah, David was around yeah. He was always doing the you know the yep. the one arm. Who Sherman? And, yeah, Shermanator. Shout out Shermanator. You know what's up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big beard motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but Respect. It's, it's, it's true. Nowadays, like we have the crews are um, like one guy has to do everything. Uh, not, not exactly. Though. I mean, if you look at like Pocket, Pocket like, is Pocket. Pocket is just power. I seen him try to dance. It looks terrible. Yeah, but for his now power is 
Yeah, for now it's true. But his power—he's young is as so fuck, man. Unbelievable. I remember Vicious Vic looked a certain way, and now he's like fucking he matured. Yeah, I'm like, really fuck. It's his up. style, but it's just more refined. Yeah, that's what's cool because I get it now when I see like what you said, Rocks, right, and Ronnie and all them. It's like fucking. When you were watching them growing up, I'm like. All right, these motherfuckers are probably my age. Yeah. So what we're seeing now is the refined version of all these dudes. I think now you have uh, so much more help. If you want to learn air flares, I mean, you can buy a harness that will True. teach you how to do air flares. And probably, like, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, back then, it was like you had to work on yeah. air flares for like three years. But see, I yeah, think that's what's, but that's what's cool about it is because and then you, like I said, you have to parallel this with, say, MMA. Like what UFC 1 looked like was like, oh, this looks like real Street Fighter. Yeah. Where you got a fucking, no, I do sumo. This is my style. And you have a boxer who's like, well, I'll just wear one glove. Fucking like, Ian okay, cool. rug. Whatever. <laughs> so now where the base MMA fighter knows some type of striking, whether it's uh, boxing or Muay Thai, and then you have everybody usually knows some form of jujitsu. That's how b-boying is. It's like an air flare now is what, you know, like a flare was. Fucking twenty Back years then, ago. Yeah. Air flare now is like, oh, okay. that shit is not yeah. impressive to anybody for okay. some reason. I'm like, you know how hard it is to do that shit. You know how long it took me to learn this move. Yeah, <laughs> but see, this is just the evolution, and it's kind of interesting to see because it's now kind of out of the hands of that generation, and it's kind of just going into whatever it is now. Yeah, B Wang's insane. I still love watching. It's, I ain't gonna lie. That it's shit's, crazy now. It's crazy. That shit has evolved. When I saw Pocket, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Is this real? <laughs> is this a CGI? I was like, how uh, is this gonna be like this? 14 with like a, a body like that? Uh, for reals. <laughs> what is that? So this kid, anywho, Deeks, to fill you in, there's this kid who's what? How old is he? How old is he now? Uh, you know, Pocket, is, I think he's, he's 20. Young. I don't think he's, he's 20. He's not a kid. I think, I think he's 20. Yeah, like 20. 20. So when he first, that. when he broke on the scene, how old is that motherfucker? He was a little kid. He was no socks. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was a little, a little kid, right? kid. He was like twelve. So he's 15. this kid that just does insane power moves, like shit that you probably like seen. It's just it's he does it at such a pace where it's crazy. And for the most part, the majority of his career, he never wore shoes. <laughs> oh, shit. And then right, and then it's more or less recently now he's and now he just doesn't wear a shirt. Now he just doesn't yeah. wear a shirt. The, he's like really fucking thick. We'll go. And he's we'll, fast. I'll show you the footage after. So fat. Like if you fast forward a VHS tape, do you know what a VHS tape is? <laughs> That's how he's going normal all the time. Yeah, like all the time. It's hell. And then he'll stop on a dime. He'll do head spins and stop on a dime. Yeah, he has some weird freakish like on uh, some some B boy Ivan shit. Yeah, Yeah. it's crazy. Shouts out B boy Ivan. Ivan was Ivan. (laughs) The fuck is going? Because even watching Ivan back then, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Even watching Ivan back then, I felt like my tape was like Mm -hmm. on fast forward. Yeah, fuck man. Hey, slow down, though. It's cool to see, man. This is the future of the and world. And then he knocked himself out on America's Got Talent, flipping over like two. People with Flores, Matt Flores. Uh, let the people know what's up, man. We we, we about to close this out. We about at one. Yeah, we almost to that point. So Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. But shouts out people where they can find you, where they can follow you. You know what I'm saying? What events you have coming up. Yeah, say what's up right. to whoever you need to say what's up to. Like, I just want to give a shout out to everyone who's supporting me. Um, you can check me out on uh, www.bitesonbites.com. That's B... Well, let me think about that. B I T E S on B Y T E S dot com. It's like a play on words, if, mm. if you will. Bites um, on bites. Yeah, and then I also have vagabond events coming up. Um, you know, I'll keep people uh, tuned in for a lot of those. I'll let y'all guys know as well. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Let us know, uh, man. Yeah. We'd love to show up. Yeah, thank your food. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, sure. of course, man. Damn, Deeks is still trying to get that. Sure the shots is fired. Came from like a farm and not from like a homegrown. <laughs> Dang, embryo. dog. Deeks is still sour about that, that salmonella is poisoning. 
<laughs> Throwing up and shitting at the same time. Yeah, How'd you yeah, do you that? Just, dude, just throw it between your legs, bro. That's hella easy. What are you talking about? You just let that shit slide down your dick. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. Like, what the fuck? How's that awkward? Yeah. Like, what? Do you not get naked when you take a shit? Like, what the fuck? Anyway, Matt Flores, thank you for being on, man. I appreciate the snacks. Good talk. Snacks. Like, you know, chef, stay alive, man. Good shit. Uh, I wish you better success and more success in the f- future. We will keep up with you. Let us know. We'll raid all your parties. Hell we'll yeah. Let everybody know. It'll be a fun thing, man. But hopefully we can do some more work in the future. You can hop on again and just keep us updated with everything you're doing. That'd be dope. I love and it'd be ill as fuck, man. You guys are all invited to my next uh, That's event. what's up, man. Yo. You need to do a fucking uh, B-Boy event slash uh, dinner party. I have been... I have been painting to try to see how i could twist the two together you know totally i want to mix the two but yeah you know no, you uh, just dude. you do it like this you just do it like kumite style you just have motherfuckers eat around it like it's like a fucking show <laughs> like for real like a uh, dinner I, vegas show i guess that could work yeah. i think that'd be the best shit to be Maybe honest the audience while they watch a battle yeah mm, like seriously work. i think that would kill yeah i mean at that point you know it's a taco truck dude that'd be <laughs> shit. we'll work on that anywho come find it vagabond bites on bites.com Matt Flores, B-Boy Flores, doing both worlds. Find them on both if you can find them. Fuck with them. Sacramento native? Yep. Sacramento native. Orbit documents, the whole nine. What the fuck are you doing with them chips, Sacramento motherfucker? Sacramento native. I'm about to fuck these chips up. All right, go ahead. I'll, I'll throw out, you know, Deeks, have us a little saying. I know you got, like, a little saying. Go ahead. What you got? Mm. Go ahead. These potato chips are hella good. That was episode 61. That's it. I'm about to eat 61 chips. <laughs> Peace out. Thank you, everybody. Peace. Love.